egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that's right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our next patron feedback show here at the SNL Network. If it is your first time joining us for a patron feedback show, this is the show where patrons of the SNL Network come in and host the show with me. We answer SNL questions from people in the community who want to talk about Saturday Night Live and have you know different questions about whether it's the episodes or the season itself. And we have social media to talk about. And this is always a very fun segment where we talk about what the SNL cast members are saying on social media. So, so much fun to get to talk to all the different patrons this season so far. And joining us for the first time on one of our podcasts is the great Matt Strzok. Matt, how are you? Great, great. How are you? I'm good, Matt. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself because it's the first time they're getting to hear from you. Yeah, so I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker out in Denver. Um, I have several shows, but the one that I kind of put uh, so much of my love into is called Really Late Night with Matt Strzok. It's uh, kind of a meta comedy show about um, a late night show on public access and kind of the trials and tribulations of a character named loosely after me. Um, I also made a cartoon called Matt Toppings, which was a story about a cartoon pizza who his life is falling apart and he's a stand-up comedian. So there's kind of some overlap there. Um, And yeah, I just love, uh, you know, writing and filming and being creative. Okay. Well, how did you get into Saturday Night Live? I know, obviously, like with all the stuff you're working on, there's a lot of connections between stand-up comedy, uh, between like the different uh, sketches that you're working on and SNL. But I would love to hear how you got into the show. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like for a lot of people, when you're in high school and you can't like go places, right, you're kind of like stuck with the entertainment at home. So when I was like in middle school and high school, we would all watch uh, Saturday Night Live and then the next week talk about it. And I remember being like, man, I want to I want to be on that show. Like eventually, that's like my dream. And then um, it like kind of faded away. And then I kind of got really into music. So I did music for a long time, like experimental, strange music. That was my plan to make millions of dollars. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and then later on in life, I ended up coming back to comedy and appreciation of comedy. And then again, experienced this like resurgence of appreciating Saturday Night Live, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I totally get that. And uh, I, I think a lot of our listeners can relate to having, you know, a little bit of a dream of potentially one day, could they get on the show, that type of thing. So uh, it's cool, whatever way we get to interact with the show nowadays. So uh, Matt, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on season 47 so far. Have you enjoyed the season? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, minus the kind of small dips with like COVID and stuff. I have really right. enjoyed it. And like, I feel like it's interesting kind of watching that it's becoming like a bit more strange, like almost like there's like this adult swim kind of influence that's like seeping in or with like, please don't destroy this like YouTube influence. And it's just really interesting to be watching like the voice of comedy, like changing in real time noticeably, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Let's explore that a little bit more. So tell me, what are you seeing on the show this season that makes you feel like things are going in a little bit of a different direction? Uh, Offhand, there was like that Kieran Culkin uh, sketch where he's like calling the cable company. Do you you remember that one? And it just gets like, it gets gradually more and more like strange and then ends with like this deep voice. And on the last episode, too, I noticed that I think Pete Davidson had, like, a deep voice on one of the sketches. They're, like, kind of making it a little bit more dark, almost, you know? Yes, yes, that okay. I think this was uh, Pete from from last episode. The timeline you are all living in is about to collapse. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're playing with, like, kind of the darkness and fear of, like, time travel and things going really dark or... um, Oh, what was the one? It was like with Billie Eilish and Kyle Mooney. And he just like goes in this dark monologue about his like Christmas plans. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting. It's shifting, you know? 
Okay, that's cool. Was there an episode, good or bad, this season that you like really stuck out to you that you would like to say, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to talk about this one in particular from what you've seen all season? Mm, that one, I'm not sure. I forget, was Elon Musk this season or is he last? No, that was, that was not the season. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh i liked kim <laughs> you like okay okay cool uh well okay so if there wasn't a, a particular one then let's talk about this week with ariana debose so were you excited mm-hmm. to see ariana get to host the show oh yeah no i was i was super pumped i mean obviously i think that it's become like kind of like a well-covered topic that like saturday night live definitely kind of has a diversity issue <laughs> and i feel like that they're getting more in tuned and kind of being better at responding to it so like uh yeah seeing her host i was like man that's like such a great accomplishment for like the latinx community you know to see someone up there and uh just the flow of it was just like really like strong the whole the whole show was like so well put together and Oh, I actually saw a tweet this morning that was like, I can tell I'm getting older because I recognize the hosts more and the musical guests less. So for this last one, I didn't know that band. And I was like, whoa, this is a really good band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, Jack Jack Antonoff has actually been on the show a couple times before. So he was on with Fun back in the day. And then... yeah, and then he was on, I think, with Lord as cameo uh, a few years back at, as himself. But then uh, this is his new band, and obviously uh, they just did. I mean, we 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 don't do too much music talk here because it's hard to purely evaluate music and say like, okay, yeah, people uh, people like music totally differently. Everybody has different opinions. So I think uh, we didn't talk much bleachers this week, but I do have to say, like, I think across the board, everybody loved what we saw from the bleachers this week. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's uh, one of the things I appreciate about Saturday Night Live, and it's something I even borrowed for um, last year. We did our first comedy festival called the Really Late Night Sketch Fest, and we had musical guests. And what I realized is it just helps so much with the comedy of being able to take a break and appreciate something that's like more serious or artistic, and then to go back to the absurdity. Like for that, I really give them just props for knowing the formula, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. And uh, I do want to bring up this comment. And again, this, this is an interactive show. Uh, we have patrons who are both in the chat as well, and also patrons who can call in if they'd like to. Uh, Casey in the chat, one of our great patrons, he'll be on with us in another patron feedback show coming up soon. He says, uh, well, Adult Swim has now been around about 20-ish years, so it's only natural the new, young, up-and-coming hires would be heavily influenced by it. So it's a great point. And uh, he agrees with you, Matt, that you know there is an Adult Swim influence, definitely, that we are seeing in the show nowadays. Totally. Yeah. I can't be- okay. believe it. That's so crazy. I remember, yeah, also being young watching Adult Swim. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about this episode. How would you grade what you saw this week from Ariana Bose and the Bleachers episode? Uh, is there a certain scale or do I just freeze? Well, on the hot take shows, we kind of do like zero to 10, but I, I don't necessarily need a, a number from you. I, I just want to know, like, uh, did you really like the episode? Was there things you wish they could have done better? Uh. Yeah, I feel like I really like the episode. The one that just kind of fell flat, and maybe it's because I'm not like a sports uh, person, was just the uh, kind of NBA on TNT sketch. Mm-hmm. Like that one I felt was like really weak and I couldn't like get into it, you know? Um, yeah. But overall, I thought it was like a great flow and also just played with so many different genres, being that there is like a Broadway influence, you know? And I always like it when they go like over the top with like Broadway stuff. Okay, you do. Yeah, because that was definitely unique. That was something we spoke about on a roundtable this week, which was, uh, you know, the lack of Broadway hosts that have been chosen. And to me, Matt, I made the point that it's super surprising that they haven't picked more hosts from a Broadway background over the last few years, given how theatrical the cast has been in the last decade. Right, right. No, that's a really good point. I also think that... Um, you know, the the political satire they did with kind of like, kind of uh, talking about Joe Biden, and also Eric Adams, uh, those were also really well done. Because I think during the Trump years, it felt like it's just kind of, it's kind of easy, uh, low hanging fruit, if you will. Um, whereas they're able to twist these kind of politicians. And like, I don't know, there was moments when I actually laughed out loud. 
especially like the Eric Adams bit where he keeps talking about how long he's been a cop. Like that yes. part I thought was like really funny. Yeah, that that was that was outstanding. Honestly, I, I have to tell you, I've watched it uh, probably two or three times now, and uh, every single time I get something new out of that impression. So, um, <laughs> as as Bill said this week on the on the roundtable, just like, I hope they don't run it into the ground. But I feel like there's a lot that we can gain here by having more Eric Adams on the show. Mm, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, tell me about any any cast members that are particularly standing out to you this season that you want to bring up. Um. Like for new ones, uh, I'd, I'd have to kind of think of new that. Will, it could be, yeah. Okay, I will say that, uh, like, even though it's not like a sketch officially, I felt like the weekend update was also really strong, and like Michael Che and Colin Jost have been working on just their kind of like chemistry and dynamic for so long, and even the audience like feedback on that, I was like, whoa, they like love them, you know. Like yeah, the, that was crazy. the crowd was very loud for weekend update. I was like, did something just happen? Or well, I, I think, think it was happy that to Col- see him. I think it was that Colin wasn't there last time. So I think that what happened was is that Col- they introduced Colin and then he had to take like a pause. Like it was unexpected, but how loud they <laughs> right. cheered for Colin Jost. And okay, Colin, that's what it was. Colin's not used to it, right? Because <laughs> people yeah, are yeah. always ripping on Colin. But I, I think I was I was even amazed about like how long the applause were going for Colin Jost. And I guess um, a lot of people were just like very excited to have them back in normal and not have them like sit, you know, Che and Tina sitting on two chairs talking to three people during update. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's a Colin Jost fan, he just did a great interview on WTF with Mark Marin not too long ago. And okay. I listened to that on a small road trip and he's he's got a really fascinating kind of background. But yeah, I like that they have this dynamic where there's like kind of the jokes also with their reactions to each other. I just, and I tried to think, I think that they're going to be like one of the longer running duos, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's no question. I mean, uh, actually there was a lot of talk about Jost passing Seth Meyers as the longest uh, tenured weekend update anchor. And Che is going to tie Seth Meyers next week and will pass Seth Meyers in the Willem Dafoe episode. So, oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so they will be the two longest running weekend update anchors of all time after this run, which will be it'll be fun. Yeah, I also like that they're like end of the year tradition where they write jokes for each other, right? You know, and I, I, I we we miss that at Christmas. I think that's something that they usually do for the holidays as well. That was something that certainly was missed. So that that was uh, I would say on the lower list of like things that I wish would have happened in the Paul Rudd show that we missed. Like obviously, right. Five Times Club being at the top of it, but yeah, uh, I do think that uh, yeah, miss that. Yeah. Um, I will say that I am like also more increasingly excited about uh, uh, Bowen as a cast member, like the uh, iceberg uh, sketch when he was the iceberg from Titanic. To me, that is like one of the most like kind of clever weekend update like panel pieces that I've seen in a long time. Yes, uh, yes, definitely. I, I think Bowen is having a very solid year. I'm happy to see like sketches across the board. There's not many episodes where he's like not in at least a few things. I think good, really good step up for Bowen. I, I, I'm enjoying what I'm getting to see from him for sure. Yeah. What about you? Who are you excited about? Uh, I think that the honestly, my my biggest storyline of the week, and uh, you know, for I, I try not to be too repetitive from podcast to podcast, but I I think the story of the week, obviously, Chris Red is is you know there, but uh, Chris and Heidi, just as cast members, being in their fifth seasons, I, I made the point that I really felt like they were going to be the forgotten cast, mm. and maybe you can describe that, you know, for you know previous eras of the show, but I really felt like there was the the long timers who have been there for a very long time. There's these new stars that are coming out i mean james austin johnson clearly a star please don't destroy stars everyone's mm-hmm. seen that sarah sherman has the potential to be a star everyone's really enjoyed what aristotle has done with uh with to say for me so i think there is potential for all of these new people and my biggest concern was like oh my god we're gonna go another year with potentially like heidi and chris and i guess i'll throw melissa in there i'll say mm-hmm. as people who are going to end up being kind of you know hidden and uh, that's not what happened. At least, at least in the case of Heidi and Chris, I think that Heidi has is pretty much a maybe behind Keenan, but second in the most sketches this entire season. Chris uh, clearly dominated the show 
So mm-hmm. the potential for <laughs> these two people to be the leaders of the cast in the future is very high. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Chris Red's great. <laughs> for sure. Um, yes, and uh, I do see Blood, Blood Marine, and I see you in the chat. Yeah, we do have, uh, we will be getting to your question later on in the show for sure, where we're going to talk more about stuff like this. Okay, Matt, anything else from the season, the cast, the episodes that you want to make sure we talk about before we get into social media this week? I don't think so. I think digging into some social media sounds like a good plan. Cool. So let's do that. So we're going to get into our social media of the week. Matt, I will read out something from social media. Let us know your thoughts and comments on it. Chat as well. I would love to uh, get your comments on everything from social media. And if we missed something, if we didn't, you know, if we, uh, if our wonderful intern or, or I missed something to put in the document and you saw something fun on social media, put it in the chat. We'll make sure to read it out as part of our social media section of today's podcast. All right. Let's start right at the beginning with, on Instagram, air underscore Stottle, Aristotle Atari. He says, yes, I was in last night's episode. I'm the new Spider-Man in the SNLU. And I have to tell you, (laughs) Matt, this has been a huge thing behind the scenes at the SNL network. Us trying to sleuth our way to find (laughs) and figure out who was Spider-Man? Because I was not sure if it was a joke. So when you saw this, did you believe Aristotle? I did not. And I was like, oh, they're just, you know, he's just messing around. And because that could be anyone. I can see it. It's a great way to kind of take credit, you know? And then the more that I like read into it, I was like, oh, okay. They're actually showing us that they're proud that they were Spider-Man. I have to, I'm just gonna say this. I haven't gotten more questions about one thing in a very long time. Like the amount of DMs we got about this, trying to figure it out, uh, has been crazy. Uh, I had people sending us height comparisons between Aristotle <laughs> and and the Spider-Man in the cold open to try and figure out if this was actually this person. Uh, I ended up trying to ask as many people as possible. A lot of people were very coy about it. So here's here's the sequence of events. What happened was, is I was pretty sure that it was Aristotle. Then I went and I looked at the good nights and Aristotle is not in the good nights. So I looked, our friend Mike looked, we were, you know, looking, we're okay. Aristotle, it couldn't have been Aristotle. He wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Listeners, it was Aristotle. <laughs> we, we asked, we asked many people, it was Aristotle. I don't know why he wasn't in the good nights, but apparently he was Spider-Man. So he did say live from New York and we'll, we'll put that as counting for, you know, a live from New York for Aristotle. We'll count that in the statistics, but SNL, you made it hard for us to figure that out this week. Right. The story has been broken right here. That yeah. the deep scoops, that's why people come here for the deep scoops, you know? Yes. A hundred percent. Um, okay. So that, that, that is that. Uh, next up, we have uh, the great Louis Zakarian, uh, who does makeup for the show. And he posted a on Instagram, if you go to at Louis ZFX, uh, James Austin Johnson as Biden in the cold open to get to see that makeup. And I believe there are some photos and some videos. I always encourage you to go check out his account. It's really, really great to get to see how they do the prosthetics for the different uh, impressions that they do, and especially how accurate JAJ ends up looking like Biden, let alone sounding like him. So it was uh, very, very cool to go check this out. Uh, the pictures or the description of the picture doesn't do it justice. Definitely go to his Instagram account. Yeah. Yeah. That was like when he first showed up as Biden, it was like an actual like relief because I feel like they kept trying it with all kinds of different actors. And I remember Jim Carrey got like huge flack for his Biden like impersonation. But his impersonation is like so on it and good, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really good. And uh, I think we would have seen it again in the Paul Rudd show if it wasn't for COVID. That would have been the time we would have seen it. But um, yeah, so but we we got to see it here open up 2022. And I I do think there is... there was a lot of stories about, like we said, about Chris, you know, this week, and he was definitely the star and Kate McKinnon with regards to her uh, roles with, with Ariana. But I do think uh, underrated story of the week is, again, James Austin Johnson kicking off the second half of the season. I think that's a deliberate choice by the show to really, you know, put him front and center as the future star of the show. So very impressive from James Austin Johnson. Yeah. And what I like about what he captures about Biden is just kind of this, like, almost like frustration at times in a way that they were just trying to paint him as forgetful before. And like having that edge of frustration, I think is like what I like about it. You know, it like makes it more human. Yeah, 
I, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. It's just, it's really fascinating. And, um, I, I can't wait to see what we're going to get more from JAJ. Um, are you, is there anything that you would like to see from him more in the second half of the season? Um, that I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like, uh, I just see him so much as Biden. I'm curious to see what other characters will be like, you know? Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Okay, so Ariana DeBose was huge on social media this week. I mean, she is uh, she's a great Twitter account, a great Instagram account. So uh, I, I had heard prior to her episode that the cast really loved her. They were so thrilled to have her in. She's just apparently just like a really nice person that people loved to be with this week. Um, she posted on Instagram. Uh, Keenan responded to a bun- with a bunch of fire emojis. And Ariana said to Keenan, thank you for your help and support this week. Mad respect for you and what you do. Hilarious. Um, so oftentimes we have to hear about, you know, Keenan Thompson being the veteran of the cast getting to interact with a new host somebody who may be unfamiliar with the cue cards and you know the news the uh the familiarity of 8h is it is it doesn't work from necessarily always to go from broadway to that stage but i think having someone like keenan thompson around is really comforting for a lot of these new hosts yeah yeah i I love the screenshot too of these like comments and watching everyone be so like supportive and nice to each other is like really heartwarming you know hundred percent. Uh, at Chris red is on Instagram says you're incredible and so damn fun to play with. Ariana says back at you rockstar. at Heidi L Gardner says you were a bright light. Thank you for being so funny, kind, and fun to be around. You made this week. So sweet exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Congratulations on everything. Uh, Ariana <laughs> says, uh, I lure you lure a hard eyes emoji. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um just really 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 great um okay uh i'm gonna skip the next one because i do want to talk about that in a little bit um we see that uh jimmy akimbola said i've always wanted to be on snl gonna start working on my nbc snl monologue hashtag bell air peacock hashtag manifest um what did you think of the bell air slash urkel uh pre-tape that we got to see uh, I thought it was good, but I could have swore I saw something similar to it, like on social media before that. And I probably should have researched it, but I feel like I saw something like that recently. So I was kind of like, you saw somebody else do this. I feel like I saw like an Urkel style reboot joke on YouTube. So when I saw it, I was confused. I was like, wait, did I see this already? Or Am I mixing it up? Because I know they did the Fresh Prince. Um, but okay. yeah, I might be wrong. What do you, what do you think of this know. one? Um, I kind of wasn't too too into it, honestly. Interesting. It's, it's been so hit and miss. I, I really love this, but I, it's been it's been hit and miss for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I, I did really enjoy it, and I felt like Chris did such a good job with it. I think this is probably why I'm not totally into it. I feel like when they did that parody of um, Oscar the Grouch, that's like when they hit that joke. And I'm just, this is coming to me right now as we're speaking. And I think that's why I was kind of like, oh, you guys kind of already made that joke, you know? But with Oscar the Grouch, it is like kind of better, I think. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, All right. So I'm going to scroll down to this next one, which which is from Mayor Eric Adams. And this is something I know you said that you really like. So um, at New York City Mayor says Chris Red is hilarious and looked great all next in capital letters. But it's not true that I haven't been sick for 60 years, uh, which is why I got vaccinated and boosted and all New Yorkers should as well. So uh, Mayor Mayor Eric Adams uh, getting that uh, that in. He also says, uh, P.S. at Red said it's you forgot my earring. Um, So. Uh, great of the mayor Eric Adams to play along. How long, Matt, do you think it's going to take before we see Eric Adams on SNL? Oh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if next week he's like making like a what are those like walk up behinds, like the creep up where the real person and the impersonator are there. Yes, um, that could happen. Yeah. Well, and that sketch in particular just really had me going when he just kept <laughs> saying like how long he's been a cop and that number just kept going. <laughs> Yeah, that that was really great. Um, At Red said it replied to him, uh, crying face emoji. I appreciate that, comma, Mayor Adams, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Notes taken, and I got you next time, I guess with regards to the earring. Um, So a flexing emoji. So great to see them playing along. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's always nice when they're a good sport about it, you know? 
for sure, for sure. Um, at Holly Robinson Pete says at Red said it, you killed it in this hashtag swagger, hashtag XNL crying face, crying face, crying face, crying face emoji. So a lot of people seem to really, really like this one. Yeah. And and two of those are sideway crying faces, just so that way I don't want you to be taken out of context, you know? Oh, thank you. Thank the you. The internet is ruthless. That. Yeah. That's a good co that's a good co-host. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um we got a great tweet from at Orville IV, otherwise known as Will Forte. Uh, this is about as exciting as it gets in reference to SNL posting about his uh, him hosting the show this week. Thanks at NBC SNL. Can't wait for Saturday. So, Matt, you excited to see Will Forte come in? Oh, yeah. Will Forte, uh, he's one of my favorites, not just on Saturday Night Live, but uh, kind of the other stuff that he's done, like cameos on Tim and Eric. and. Um, yeah, and MacGruber, which uh, I'm like really excited to see the sequel and see him host. And yeah, yes. he's like his energy is just one of my favorites. Oh, and like Nebraska, and he's done like serious acting. You know, like he's like such a like multi-dimensional like comedy personality. I'm pretty excited. A hundred percent. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've been holding in my excitement all week because I just don't want to be too, I want to be objective, but it's hard because right. I'm so excited for Will Forte. Um, here's a great tweet we got. So we got a tweet from Mike Shoemaker, who is obviously a producer of Saturday Live and now produces uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Um, and he posted a photo from inside the studio where they have all the cast photos. And he says, one is still in the cast, comma, one is still the announcer, comma. And the others are all hosts as of this week. Let me bring up that picture on screen for everybody. So um, this is the season 32 cast photo. And Matt, I have to say, what an incredible group of people over here. To me, the greatest season of all time. Right. Yeah. Well, and just like so much of the, of like the things they went on to make, like Seth with Late Night, um and then like bill Hader with um oh what's that show on hbo oh um uh, barry yeah, barry barry thank you thank you i told yeah. you that wasn't good but right, uh, yeah. it's not, i mean look they've all produced they've all obviously had great sitcoms they've had been in movies i mean there's a lot of stuff that's been happening after the show but even just on the show itself i mean just in terms of like high quality across the board the great thing is about, about this cast is like Number one, it was small. Uh, Daryl was uh, at, you know, probably at the later, he was at the later stage of his career. He wasn't in that many sketches anymore. He was still doing some impressions and doing some update pieces, but he wasn't really in too many sketches. Seth was on update at that point and wasn't really doing too many sketches. So mm -hmm. you're talking about a cast pretty much of, you know, Kristen, Maya, and Amy. And then for the guys, I mean, Will, Andy, Keenan, Bill, Fred, and Jason. And that's like, the most you know concise cast you know since probably the beginning of the show and i know it part of it was because the season prior uh or, or a couple seasons prior they, they had uh whatever it was nbc made them like fire a bunch of people but mm. just in terms of quality i mean they just put together so much great work because they were a small team working together and it was so much fun to get to watch every single episode i remember watching live every week throughout season 32 and I was just, I was in grade eight and I was just fascinated with what I was seeing every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I feel like, um, especially just like, there's like a special kind of pressure from what I've gathered of when you've been a cast member and you go to host that it's like kind of a different experience than when you're just like a host or, you know, like a movie star celebrity who comes into Saturday night live. So like, uh, I can't imagine what that's like for them because they're both like in familiar territory and in very unfamiliar because it's brand new, you know? Yes. Yeah, th that's for sure. And, you know, look, uh, you can, some of their hosting returns were better than others, but I would say like, uh, just from based on what we saw from Jason, my biggest worry would have been like, okay, how does somebody translate into this era of the show? And the fact that they you know, they just crushed it with Jason this season gives me high hopes for what we're going to get to see with Will this week. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Looking at this, this picture too, it really can like, you can draw up like how the chemistry kind of made that season. Uh, I heard like an interview 
uh, it was with Lorne Michaels and he was talking about like, you know, people aren't pulled and hired and fired all independently. It all works as this like cohesive kind of like bigger picture of what it looks like all together. And yeah, looking at this like kind of cast, it's like, oh yeah, I definitely remember the sketches that were coming out around that time, you know? For sure. And, and honestly, it was like, uh, I will, I'll just give like a little bit of like anecdote of like where I was, was just uh, watching this, you know, going into season 33. I was just so excited for like, oh my God, the momentum is going to stay there. And then we hit uh, the writer strike that time and Maya Rudolph left the show, left the show. And it was like, um, for me, it was like, the the like 27 yankees broke up like it was like the the you know one of the greats was like leaving and it was it was so crazy and then obviously we had some you know some new people come in like bobby moynihan who ended up being a great cast member but uh it was really you know one of those things that was just like uh every single time one of them left the show it was heartbreaking because they were Mm. so so good at what they did and um matt i what i will will say is just one more comment on will before we start getting to some questions is um i had one of our i was talking to one of our podcasters this week about why will forte was not celebrated leaving the show in a way that uh in a way that you know bill Hader was and fred Mm. armison and andy samberg and Kristen wig you know, why did Will not get the same treatment? I mean, obviously, Will was on the show for a very long time, 2002 to 2010, um, and didn't get the same treatment. And um, my opinion on this is, Matt, and I, I want to hear your, your two cents as well, was uh, just that, number one, I think it was unexpected that Will was leaving when he left. Um, but number two, I think that in retrospect, uh, all those big goodbyes and all those people leaving at the same time made wills leaving the show you know a couple years earlier in 2010 versus 2012 or 13 made it kind of forgettable that he left the show in a way Mm, which is a really big overshadowed yes so i would say it's that i would also say the fact is that uh there was the betty white episode and then i believe uh chat correct me if i'm wrong but i think if, if this was the time when alec baldwin passed steve martin for the hosting record was it in 2010 because um yeah i just think like that's those were the last episodes for will forte so i think in the end there was no like giant celebration for him leaving the show and we talked about this with jason my hope is that this week will be the celebration for him yeah that would be really amazing and i mean i'm thinking that it must have been just a last minute decision you know that it wasn't like planned either on part of snl or him something because it seems like with like the bigger names, they tend to do something, you know? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm I like that con- idea, like a sign off, you know, like this time around. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely think the, the show needs to celebrate him. He's just been, he just did so well on the show. So, um, yeah. And I see some people commenting about how, you know, Will's final show final year wasn't as good as the previous ones. And and I would say, yeah, I would say like he was probably uh, hit his peak somewhere in the uh, 2007, eight, nine range. Um, so to- totally fair about that. Um, I don't, uh, Casey, I know you're asking uh, Forte was planning on coming back and the last minute Lauren decided not to renew his contract. I'm not sure about that. I do know that he hadn't decided or wasn't it wasn't announced that he was leaving the show until very, very close to the start of the next season. So um, interesting to know, you know, what really happened behind the scenes there. Yeah. Um, well, and it, yeah. And like, it's such a, a grind and I've heard so many like interviews with cast members and writers that say it is like one of the hardest, most stressful jobs they've ever had. And I heard like an interesting like anecdote with Seth Myers where after he tells people that they've got the show, he just really lets them enjoy it because it's the last good news that they're going to have in a very long time, which I think is really uh, That funny. can't be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said yeah, I, I, it. Yeah. I think that's because, overblown. Because just get pulled. They like get thrown out last minute. You go weeks without it. He's like, there's just a whole ecosystem of like having to deal with changes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that there's, you know, if, if you're not succeeding at SNL, there's probably nothing more depressing as somebody who is so excited to be on the show than to not, you know, continue to, um, to continue to build on that momentum. But like, 
you, you, a lot of people have to be patient when it comes to getting on SNL and then growing and stuff. We've seen that, like I said, with the Heidi Gardners and the Chris Reds. But for me, uh, this new cast, they've obviously done diff- things differently this season where they are giving them their chances. So I, I think every era is different, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. You want to get into some feedback questions, Matt? Cool. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about, uh, so, so I have a question, Matt. So I was looking through the feedback questions this week and, and putting them into our document for us to share. Did you send in a feedback question for yourself? Um, I don't know. I might've been confused. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although it would work in kind of my meta comedy to ask myself a question. All right. So Matt, would you read the question from Matt Strzok? <laughs> okay. Yes. Matt from Denver writes, oh, where'd it go? You got it? Or do you want me to read it? Um, You read the first half. I'll read the second half. Okay. Matt from Denver writes. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. I think I'm here. You got it? Here we go. go. Oh, Struck. My last name is Struck. Got it. What was the strongest uh, sketch from the Ariana DeBose episode? All right, Matt. So (laughs) do you have an opinion on this? (laughs) Great question, Matt. I really love your insight. Um, I actually really like the new governess, uh, sketch, which is the sound of music parody. And while on the surface, it doesn't seem like the strongest, I will say that it was the most original out of all of them. Right. Cause a lot of them, you kind of get the game of the bit really fast of like, Oh, okay. I see. They're a wedding dress company that doesn't know what they're doing. But for that one, it kept revealing itself as just strange. And for that, I give it the most amount of points because I really enjoy originality. Okay, wait, sorry. So I just want to clarify. The new governess sketch was the one with uh, from The Sound of Music. So do you mean The Sound of Music one or you mean the the, win- the winter formal one with the... Uh... Oh, The Sound of Music. Okay, The Sound of Music. Got okay. I like the winter formal, but the winter formal has that classic SNL, right? It's like a commercial yeah. and they're okay, incompetent, which I love too. But... Uh, the new governess really surprised me. And I think okay. that that's when I enjoy comedy the most is when I'm like actually surprised, you know? Okay. Got it. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily describe uh, SNL and sound and music parodies as, as original, but I get what you're saying in terms of like the, where they went with this was probably somewhat different than the ones that they'd done in the past. Um, I just think it wasn't, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't weird enough. I feel like some mm. of the lines were super weird. Like the Queen yeah. Latifah thing people seem to really like. Um, I played this line on the round table, which I really think was just my favorite line from the sketch. Me, a kid who pees in the sink. Like they should have gone <laughs> right. more with stuff like that. Like that to me right. was like kind of weird and ridiculous. Um, yeah. So that, that I would say uh, was, was had its moments for sure. Um, for me, it has to be the Eric Adams thing. I think that was definitely my strongest sketch of the night. Uh, great. There was just such great sketch writing. So fast paced. I love fast paced sketch writing. Um, I love it. I love wordplay. So mm-hmm. for me, this was, this is right up my alley. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, this is, and from- you can't see it, but my second answer was also Eric Adams. I did a little okay. research. So, okay. I believe you. Um, all right. This is a, a question from Jeremy Boulard who says, uh, Matt, why does the Ariana DeBose episode feel so underhyped compared to others this season? Hmm. I'm wondering, I know a follow-up is an easy underhyped after the fact or underhyped like before. I feel like before, I mean, I could, I, all I could say from our social media, at least it did probably feel a little bit underhyped. I would say like, usually there is more, um, you know, more people talking about the show. And then, you know, I could probably see in like, in terms of like podcast numbers and in social media numbers, um, it seemed that there could have been like less interactions this particular week. Um, I do wonder if maybe not for like the diehards, like all the people who, you know, join us in the chat and the people who we get to talk to on a regular basis, maybe it wouldn't affect them, but could it be possible that uh, they were turned off general SNL fans from what they saw with the Paul Rudd episode? Um, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, it's possible that they lost the the momentum, just kind of like, um, just like the brand when it suddenly is like pulled and then now it's like a, not a throwaway show, you know what I'm saying? That it was kind of like put together, pre-recorded. 
um, it's possible that that did affect kind of just overall excitement and also potentially even momentum in the machine itself, you know, because then you have to come back from that. And then you're answering questions about what does next week's show look like, you know? Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't know if Jeremy was asking about like after the fact or before the fact. I think if it's after the fact, I would say um, there were definitely like, uh, it was definitely, this episode was probably like more polarizing than some of the others. Like either you really liked it or you really didn't. Um, but I think if you're talking about before the episode and you're asking why that was underhyped, I think like Ken says in the chat, like, I don't know how many people knew who Ariana was and that probably led into like the excitement. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people are into the NFL playoffs. Like, could it have been like that? You know, there's other things going on right now. Um, John in the chat said he would chalk it up to some people not knowing who Ariana DeBose was. Um, and then the additional factor of not being super confident that there would be a show. So I, I agree, John. Like, I, I think that um, I, I was surprised that there wasn't as much talk about Saturday Night Live coming into this week. But I, I don't think it's going to last because obviously the next two hosts are very well hyped. Right, right. Yeah, well, and the ones that seem to break the internet are the, like, mega names where they almost, people doubt that they can do comedy, right? Like Elon or Kim K, you know, like, those kinds of names, very recognizable, and that seems to light the internet on fire. And then they balance it out with someone who's more niche or more kind of an expert in their field, you know, like a Broadway star. Yes. Yes, I, I agree. Um, okay, Jeremy, I hope you, we answered your question. Uh, this one comes from Naomi. Uh, I think Naomi's in the chat as well. Naomi Wyas says, um, about the Elmo Weekend Update bit, it made me wonder, has a cartoon ever hosted SNL before, Muppets, or et cetera? Well, first, let me ask you, did you enjoy the Elmo bit from Chloe? You know what's funny is I was actually out of the loop on the Elmo beef to begin with. Um, so I ended up having to do, I like stopped it and then went and did research and was like, okay, what are they talking about? Cause there's obviously something here. And then, uh, when I came back to it, I did enjoy it. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I enjoyed seeing Chloe on update more than I enjoyed the actual piece itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say, yeah, <laughs> I would say, uh, it, it was okay. Uh, with regards to, um, has a cartoon ever hosted the show before? Well, the Muppets were originally part of the cast in season one. So they had a mm. segment on the show every single week. Uh, but I don't oh. believe that a fictional character has hosted the show before, except for, um, uh, Don Novello, who was a original writer and cast member hosting as father Guido Sarducci. Or like people like uh, Garth Brooks hosting as Chris Gaines, you know, things like that, where people are hosting under like pseudonyms. Um, you know, we obviously had the Childish Gambino a little bit while ago. So there, there are things like that. But I don't think that. Um, oh, Casey, Casey uh, pointed out something good in the chat. Uh, they came pretty close when Beavis and Butthead did an update commentary for Norm back in 96. Yeah, that is actually a mm. great reference, Casey. I wouldn't have thought of that. Nice. Deep cut, Casey. Yeah. Oh, and Pee Wee Herman. Of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. How could I forget? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but uh, I, I could see, I could see like eventually them doing like, um, cause I'm sure with COVID they've had to think like, we need to maybe think of backup ideas, but doing like a Pixar character or something, I mean, I they mean, probably wouldn't let a Pixar character host, but that yes. in order for it to stay alive, it's going to have to keep changing and growing within its own format, you know? Okay. So maybe let me, let me be a little bit out of character here. And, and I don't mean a character like that, but I, <laughs> SNL uh, producers that sometimes listen to the show. Please do not ever have a character host SNL. Please have real people <laughs> host SNL. I would really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. might be one of those on paper things that in real life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And honestly, I, I cannot deal with the, with the, uh, everybody talking to me about the week that uh, Elmo hosts the show and it, it becomes a whole other thing. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, let's take this question from blood Meridian in the chat. He, uh, he asked us, he sent into our forum as this feels more and more like an actual transition year in your view, how will our newbies from this season, especially how Sarah seems to rise through the ranks as a wild card and a Forte esque cast member, James being the impressionist and utility player, Aristotle getting to be more of a character performer. How will they and some of the slightly newer cast members shape the upcoming era in your view? Who is the potential to be the next Cater Beck and the general experimental atmosphere on the rise? 
Okay, so long question here from Blood Meridian, but I would like to get your opinion, Matt. Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely think that Sarah Sherman is going to be like bringing kind of the weird, you know, like, and I've kind of wondered how much of the the more uh, kind of deep voice strangeness is kind of her, her influence. Um, but I definitely think it's going to be like refreshing and kind of like reinventing kind of the voices and yeah, shifting more to a kind of like edgier kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. That that's for sure. I think that, um, James and Sarah are shoe ins as far as I'm concerned for being like regulars as part of, you know, regular sketches. Um, now the question is like, the problem is, is that they're so uniquely different those three new cast members. So it's hard to envision how they all continue to work together. But I think what we have seen from this year, despite a lot of people not liking that is, is that Sarah can play normal and they can put her in sketches. And I think we're going to, you know, need that. Um, I think that obviously uh, James Austin Johnson is going to be, you know, the, imp- the great impressionist for the next, however many years, probably the best impressionist they've had on the show in a very long time. Um, Aristotle to me is a, still a somewhat of a question mark. I think that he is obviously pr- proved that he could do uh, really good character work. Um, but I would continuously like to see him in more stuff. I obviously think there's, you know, people at the top that will need to go out for those three to, to shape the next generation of the show. But I think, um, I, I think I'm really enjoying what could potentially be the future of the show. And I think this goes more to, to answer your question, Blood Meridian, which is, uh, we're obviously headed towards, you know, the 50th anniversary. That's the big, you know, point that everybody's thinking about. And the question is, is like, what cast will we get for that show? And I think that they, what every single new cast member that they brought in this year, including Please Don't Destroy, who are almost cast members, I would say uh, I could envision being part of the next great cast. So in terms of like tone, um, I'm not really sure what it is, but I do feel like there's a special momentum that the show hasn't felt in a long time that's starting to build. Like we're seeing them, you know, put the twigs together for the fire and it's, we're going to light it in a couple seasons. Yeah. Oh, and actually someone who I want to add to this conversation is Andrew Dismukes, who in of the course, winter yeah. formal, he's the, uh, you know, the teenager, if anyone's kind of wondering. Um, but for him to be like a writer first and then become a cast member, it kind of reminds me of like John Mulaney. So I am also kind of curious, like what his voice is going to be and if he's going to be just this kind of like uh, diamond in the rough that we'll see even on a bigger scale after SNL. But he is also kind of one of my new favorite cast members. I forgot. I, to add I think he's there. becoming my favorite cast member. I, I, he's great. I think so. Yeah. Because you know, uh, he's taking the, uh, I wouldn't say in terms of like, 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 well, obviously we talk on our by the numbers show about like the analytics about who's really filling the Beck roles. Uh, you know, that's, we're getting like a lot of Alex Moffat taking over for Beck and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. in terms of like actual characters on the show, I think that Andrew is taking over the Beck roles of being able to purely make fun of himself. And that is what is so exciting to see. I love everything we're getting from Andrew Dismuke so far. Um, I do see Nick in the chat points out something which I was going to say, which is if I had to say somebody of the younger group, of the, you know, Bowen and Chloe and Ego and uh, Dismukes, and obviously all the new people we're going to see, see the season, there's also Punky, who despite being like a really cool person, has done some really nice stuff, like I still don't know where she fits. So that's... Something that I, I'm, I don't know if she fits in this next cast. Um, I, I hope she does because I think that she seems like a great performer. She seems like she's really funny. Um, diversity, obviously super important to have at the show, but I don't see her getting the opportunities. You know, and obviously this week doesn't count because she was out, but you know, I, I, I wish she had more chances. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, Let's talk about a question from Monette. Uh, Matt, do you want to read out this question from Monette? Yes. Monette, regarding the 10 to 1, would you like to see more original character work from J.A.J. as opposed to just the impressions he can do? Oh, this is perfect. This is kind of what I was talking about earlier. Uh, Yeah, I think kind of seeing the other characters, because with a good impressionist, they can get 
so lost in it, you know? And I would be really curious to see what kind of other characters that they can pull off, you know? Yes. Uh, I would say that to answer that question directly, I definitely think original character work. I think we have to get to a point and what was great about what uh, James Austin Johnson did this week with the, the sketch was like, Hey, it was a super like local specific sketch. It wasn't necessarily for me, but I know there are people out there who really like the Longhorn sketch for its weirdness and the fact that they could relate to that stuff. They're like, Oh, I've been to a Longhorn a million times. I understand that. So that is great. I think that, we have to get back to 10 to ones being really, really weird. Like mm. not just weird because it's like local weird, weird because it's just strange. And I think that Will Forte and Willem Dafoe coming in are two great hosts to like give SNL a kick in the ass towards the weird side. And right. I'm just very hopeful for what we're going to see. And that includes new characters debuting at the end of the show. And I, I think that would be really fun. Yeah. I mean, there is something to be said of the like Daryl Hammond kind of role where they are just these specialized kind of impressionists and that's what they do. And it's so good that that's kind of like almost like a kicker on a football team or something. So I'm curious if, you know, which way he'll go. For sure. And and look, if if, uh, if JJ was in front of me right now and was like, hey, John, like uh, you've watched a ton of SNL, like what would you advise that I would continue to do to build my momentum at, at Saturday Night Live? I would say to him, uh, I want to see JJ on Weekend Update mm. because I think we need to get a chance to hear him speak out of impression. My worry is as, as great and as an all-time great as Daryl was, um, we needed to get you know, to know him a little bit more. And I think uh, there is a danger there, even though he's excelling on the show to him just being the impression guy. And we need to see more from who is James Austin Johnson. Like let us in a little bit as fans. We want to know who you are. Let there, you know, remove the mystique from your characters a little bit. Yeah. Uh, quick follow-up. So like the Longhorn bit, uh, I kind of didn't totally get it. And since it was like later in the show, I was like, oh, this is when they were tired writing it. Um, can you explain it to me a little bit more? Okay, or? so I, I'm not the right person to definitely explain this to you. I think that um, uh, from what I was told... <laughs> from is what that, you've gathered. Uh, from what I've gathered is that there's like certain intonations that if you go to a Longhorn Steakhouse, uh, that the the people who work there will end up talking like that. And it's a very localized thing so i think it's probably a a southern thing that if you go there you would hear that i mean uh we had uh jeff richards on the round table this week uh for a segment and he mentioned how this was his favorite sketch so um i know there were people that liked it i mean i spoke to you know some people closer to the show and uh they said that they were surprised that i didn't like it and Mm -hmm. i I just said i was like look i just have to be objective about it like i i'm i'm from canada (laughs) um this uh like text arcana stuff that i i don't always get and i know it's like something about uh there's something to the effect i think there's a certain type of comedy of like when you live really close to the border uh, from one state to another like oftentimes you end up you know ripping on what you get to see from you know the other side of the border type of thing that happens mm-hmm. much more in the states than it probably does up here in canada and i think there was something to be you know played here because of the way jj grew up and and you know him going to a bunch of these longhorns Okay, cool. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get it, but I did like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Uh, we have a question here from Ike Moore, one of our great patrons. Ike says, We haven't had any stand up comedians host yet this season. Who will be the first? All right, Matt, what do you think? Um, well, I was kind of trying to check to see if, uh, just want to make sure, but I, I really love Tignataro. And I feel okay. like Tignataro oh. would be like an amazing host. Cool. Chat any uh, any let me know if there's any stand up comedians that you would like to see host this season. I mean obviously we had uh, we had Bill Burr last season which was pretty mm-hmm. huge and a lot of people really enjoyed to get to hear from Bill so um and that would be cool but yeah I, I do wonder if that's a direction obviously we had Chappelle as well a different different story after the election but um uh, would be cool to see um some more stand up comedians um on Saturday Night Live in season 47. I think that'd be fun. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I get some Patton Oswalt. Uh, that would be great. That would be really great to get to see him on the show. Um, 
Nicole Byer as well. So yeah, let me know. If put them in the chat, I'll read them out in a second as I get towards uh, as I get towards the next question. Okay, this is also from our friend Ike. Ike says, when alumni return, I wonder if they just spend one day telling old stories to newer casts. So what do you think? If Matt, do you envision that the cast is is gathering around Will Forte like their kids listening to somebody tell, you know, old folks telling stories about their childhoods? Um, I feel like there has to be some sort of socializing and like for someone who grew up to like watch them be on TV and then like meeting them in person, I feel like a moment like that must pop up organically, you know? Yeah, I think for sure. I would say Ike, the answer to this question is I think in general, yes, I would say that it may be a little bit different due to COVID restrictions. My understanding is the traditional Monday meeting that usually gets done in Lauren's office where people are just pitching sketches to the host uh, is now done over Zoom, uh, I believe. So I think that that's something that they probably lost like a little bit of time with stuff like that. But I think like later on in the weeks, you know, starting on, you know, Wednesday, today, tomorrow, I think those are the times when a lot of people will be interacting with Will. And I'm sure that um, especially if there's some cameos, I'm sure there's going to be some fun stories as people get to know each other around 8H this week. For sure. Okay. Do you want me to uh, read uh, the one from Scott? Yeah, just get, let me just uh, also bring up uh, people in the chat who said, uh, Ken said Bo Burnham, Nick said Jim Jeffries, and John Oliver as well for stand-up comedians to host. Okay, oh, yeah. Now. That's true. Bo Burnham would be good and John Oliver. And I would say that out of all the ones we've just listed, I feel like John Oliver would be on the chopping block very soon. Just with his success of Last Week Tonight and all the film stuff, that would make a lot of sense. That would be really fun. Okay, Matt, you want to read out the next one? Oh, yeah. So Scott asks, which character do you think Will Forte, Forte is most likely to reprise? So there are a lot of really good ones. Do you want to start with this one or do you want me to go? Um, I mean, I think, again, with McGruber, it's kind of like a no-brainer, especially with the sequel being on like Peacock. They're going to want to be like, hey, everyone, <laughs> in case you haven't watched it, here's McGruber. Um, and I'm curious to see, cause I watched a bunch of old ones. I'm curious how he's going to be kind of doing it given just the like cultural awareness about like sensitivity around like race and gender. Cause that's like McGruber's thing. He like has no idea. So what does that look like in 2022? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that there's like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just like a, a sucker for, uh, if there's a lot of, uh, sexual and anyone else here, but maybe I'm a sucker for Will Forte where I could just like know that anything he's saying he could pull off. But like the way he pulls off the crazy stuff that McGruber says or that Hamilton, his character says, I think he can, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he could like do that in a way that's like, you know, no one's going to be offended because it's Will. Right. So well, and Hamilton that, uh, is so extreme that it like is known that that's like the way it's built. <laughs> for sure. Um, I, one of the things I've been thinking about, and again, like I don't, I don't want to ruin like a a great thing, but I have been thinking about like uh, my favorite sketch of all time, which I don't always talk about on this show. Uh, but my favorite sketch of all time was the dancing coach sketch from the Peyton Manning episode. Matt, do you remember this sketch? Um, I I do, and I I remember him talking about it too, but. Uh, can you refresh my memory of it? Okay, so he's basically like it's it's halftime at a basketball game, and uh, the coach comes in, and Will Forte is playing the coach, and then he ends up playing a song, and it's a it's a song from Casino Royale, I believe, <laughs> and he ends up dancing, and he has like some of the most hilarious dancing that he ends <laughs> yeah. up doing, along with uh, Peyton Manning, and they end up dancing together. And uh, it's like everyone in the cast is like crying, laughing behind. Uh, behind Will, and I believe they did this once again during uh, the Michael Phelps episode, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I wonder if there's a third edition of this sketch that Will will pull out this week. Mm. Yeah. No, I remember that one. That one's a good one. Yeah, I had hoped that they'd reference it at least. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Gotta bring so, back the classics. 
for sure. Um, there's also, I will say, another sketch that I have not brought up on the podcast this week that I absolutely love of Will Forte is the uh, Give Up the Ham sketch, which was one of his original sketches from very early on in his run. I believe that was from the Queen Latifah episode, uh, I think from Will's like first season on the show. But uh, if you're ever looking for something funny from Will and you haven't wa- gone back to watch his old stuff, definitely go check out Give Up the Ham. Google that one. It's, it's one of the best things uh, ever. <laughs> writing it down yes for sure i mean obviously jeff montgomery a lot of people are like hey yes yes or no tim calhoun there's just there's so many good ones um because will is you know one of the greatest character uh it has created some of the greatest characters i think uh, in the history of the show i really just think um i, I just think his are so amazing that you, we could, if we got at least two or, if we got two of them on the show i'd be happy mm-hmm. yeah um okay um ben benjamin lamb one of our great patrons says i feel like the will forte episode cannot happen without any cameos do you think there will be uh and who will it be so matt let me let you make some predictions i mean maybe this is hopeful thinking but it would be nice to see Kristen wig or um bill Hader also kind of come you know bring the friends back with him okay and okay, if that, there's that a mcgruber would... thing then a Kristen wig character would make sense you know yes so Kristen wig would make sense um the ghost of maya rudolph might make sense for that as well uh would be would be interesting but um but uh yeah interesting chat that you don't want any cameos i mean i don't mind some cameos uh i i think it would be fun i think that uh jason would obviously be somebody who uh him and will uh during you know will's like last two or three seasons on the show um they just were partnered on so much stuff together so um, I don't mind seeing them together. Um, mm-hmm. I doubt we're going to get too many cameos. Um, you know, could Fred or or um, or Bill show up? I mean, it's always possible, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, but I, I don't think there's an... I think Kristen is like the obvious one. I think if we're going to make the Vegas odds, Matt, on cameos to show up, I think uh, Kristen by far has the greatest odds. Um, I don't think that... Yeah, and I would say, you know, people are talking about, uh, uh, Ken says in the chat that Jason's in London probably filming uh, Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. so uh, there's a good chance that doesn't happen. But I, I'm okay if Will's there on his own. I'd love to see Will interacting with this with this cast. Um, but if there was going to be like one sketch like we had with What's Up With That, where we had some cameos in it, I don't mind that. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, okay, th- this is a slightly different version of this question from Haley McLaughlin uh, came to us on Instagram and said, what cameos are you hoping for in the Will Forte episode? So I asked you for your predictions, but who are who would you hope to see if you really wanted to see somebody? Uh, Bill Hader. I love Bill Hader so much. And like Barry, like just like amazed me. But then also when he had kind of like talked about how he suffered from anxiety and I also have anxiety. So it was like really interesting to see like a comedy hero be so vulnerable and open about something that I didn't even think was possible. You know, like you're on the biggest comedy show ever and you're like shaking from anxiety and throwing up. Um, and then he got it under control. I just thought that was so cool. So I would hope Bill Hader shows up. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm going to just throw something out. It's, it's a, like, it's not too many people are talking about it, but I hope Andy Samberg shows up. I think it would be Whoa. really fun. Yeah, I think yeah. that this would this could be a really fun week to potentially um, have Andy show up. Maybe he, maybe there is something, you know, uh, <laughs> something to do with digital shorts uh, that we could potentially get. Maybe a digital short, please don't destroy stuff. I mean, uh, that could be saved eventually for when Andy hosts the show in the future. But I think out of all the cast, I mean, he's the one that's probably least mentioned as somebody who would come in with Will Forte. But I think it would be really, really fun to have, you know, potentially... I wouldn't mind if they ended up seeing Kristen Wiig, Andy Samberg, and Maya Rudolph show up. Like, I think if those were the three that showed up together, I think that would be, like, really fun, and they could do some cute things together, and then that's it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah, Maya Rudolph would be awesome. And, like, what was their Destiny's Child uh, kind of... uh, Gemini's Twin. Gemini's Twin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we could bring back some really good old stuff, too. For sure, for sure. I, I think that what I... What, as somebody who like grew up with, like I said, loving that season, season 32 and 33, 34, all that cast, I think that, you know, my message for people who are of a you know similar age uh, demographic and somebody who loved the show from then is like, don't watch the show on Saturday 
thinking you're going to be seeing an episode from 2008. And like, Mm. I think I've made that mistake before, before I was doing the podcast, you know, while I was just, you know, like not as intertwined with the SNL community. Um, I think I've watched the show when some of these cast members came back originally four or five, six years ago, whatever it was. And I've watched the show thinking, okay, I'm going to get a show from my childhood. And I, I, I want to just temper the expectations that, you know, this is a different era. You're taking a cast member and you're putting them in 2022. So if you watch the show with those eyes, I think you enjoy it more because you know, like you're not, you're not turning on the TV expecting Don Pardo introducing the 10 cast members that you remember. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and the show is so much the DNA of the writers and the time. And with that much time cramped in to produce it, it makes sense that it's going to be all new, you know? Yes. And I will say one more thing about the uh, Andy Samberg point is that if uh, John Solomon and Yorma come in, who are the writers on uh, MacGruber, per- perhaps that's the connection to Andy Samberg coming in where Yorma mm. would be there already, potentially writing sketches. So could, could we get something from there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt, you did such a wonderful job today on the patient feedback Woo! show. I'm so thankful that you this joined so us. Much I- fun. Yeah, thank you. Is there anything else about Saturday Night Live that you want to say that you didn't get a chance to? Oh, uh, I just love that Kenan Thompson has been kind of a part of like the comedic background of so much of my life that I just I just think it's great that he's like still there. And just with his history of being on like all that, it's like it's neat to just have him as a figure that he's been doing sketch comedy like since I realized what sketch comedy is. And I'm curious how long he's going to be there. And I know rumors have floated around that maybe he'll replace Lauren Michaels, but who knows? I don't. Who knows? He might yeah. be the heir apparent in a succession-style yeah. story behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be that would be interesting. But I, I don't. I'm not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on that. That's what I, no? that's what okay. I would say. But <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I am also. You know, Keenan's been a large part of my life too. So. Um, yeah. Totally second that. Okay. Um, listeners, uh, everybody sending questions, patrons, uh, thank you so much for checking out this patron feedback show. If you were watching and you were like, hey, I'd love to come podcast on the patron feedback show, well, you can do that. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash the SNL network. It's one of the great perks of becoming a patron with us is that you can sign up to be on a patron feedback show. You get to talk to me. We get to talk about Saturday Live. We have a lot of fun interacting with the chat. So uh, really fun experience. You can also join our patron Facebook group where we get to share, you know, stuff behind the scenes about the show, what our thoughts, opinions are. We get to be kind of, you know, more open there in the patron Facebook group. So uh, you're welcome to join us over there uh, if you would like to, patreon.com slash the SNL network. If you want to check out some of the other shows that we had going on this week, obviously we had a great hot take show this week. We had our 100th podcast on Monday night where we did the round table. We had three former cast members, you know, uh, ring the doorbell and join the show. That was a lot of fun. So make sure to check out that round table. And if you're interested, join us for Hollywood dish tomorrow night. That is a show hosted by Nicole Rovine and Rebecca North, where they tell you everything that is trending this week going into Saturday night live. So they can fill you in on what to expect SNL to talk about this week. I believe probably a little bit of Jamie Lynn and Britney Spears talk will be had on the show tomorrow night. So make sure to join that show and, and join them in a the live chat. It's usually a lot of fun. All right, Matt, where can the listeners reach out to you? Oh, yeah. If you go on uh, Instagram and you type in at really late night, that's the account for my comedy show. Or you could go to reallylatenight.com or you could go into YouTube and type in really late night with Matt Struck and all my videos are there. And we're doing our second annual comedy sketch festival in August. And we even have a podcast category. So me and you will talk later on about you guys getting involved in being a potential uh, part of the comedy festival in the podcasting category, if you're interested. 100%. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk offline about that. So that sounds great. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, if you would like to reach out to me at Sean Schneider 24, always happy to talk to you about Saturday Night Live. And if you want to find the show at the SNL Network, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you can subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I would like to thank everybody for joining us. And let's Get excited about Will Forte coming back to host the show. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.